Hi everyone and welcome to another Motivation Podcast and today I really want to focus on health. So we all know that being overweight can cause cancer, diabetes, hypertension or high blood pressure otherwise known along with many other medical complications. The good news is that losing weight can help improve our health and extend our life expectancy and the best reward of all is being able to reduce medication or come off it entirely and today I'm delighted to be joined by one such client Valerie who has experienced just that. Welcome Valerie and thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your story. So Valerie your background is nursing and you've lost two and a half stone on the program and if you don't mind me saying so you were not the healthiest person when you joined we're talking cancer diabetes high blood pressure hip problems and high cholesterol so being a nurse yourself obviously you would have been more aware than others maybe of health complications associated with being overweight was that your motivation for joining the program being honest no um, I knew all those things in theory. Um, I suppose I had was diagnosed with cancer in 2013 and I suppose my body went through an awful lot of ravages and everything else and operations and everything else. So I think the time wasn't right for me before now. Um, but also I, it was one of those things that from a, 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 an image point of view, I saw myself in a, in a, in a mirror in a coffee shop in, in Dublin. And I said, I look like a very overweight old person. And I said, this is it. I also said to myself, right, but my GP contacted me and said my blood uh, levels were high, my, my glucose was high, and she had put me into the diabetic uh, category. And I suppose from a nursing point of view, that did give me a, a kick and say, listen, this is not going to happen. I am not going down that road and I do not want to go down that road. So it was a combination of the image, seeing myself and also saying I'm a ticking time bomb because of all those things that you've just said there. And it's all very well in theory knowing these things, but it's actually wanting to do something about it or getting a fright to say, listen, you have to do something about it. Okay, and I'm guessing that was some fright then <laughs> with diabetes, cholesterol, <laughs> yeah. uh, cancer, and then hip, yeah. I don't know if I, I mentioned the, the hip as well. So I think you were telling me earlier, if we start with the diabetes, uh-huh. and I think you were you were saying to me earlier that you were surprised you didn't even through your pregnancies have um, I can never pronounce the word just gestational gestational thank you diabetes it was after only when you had that regular blood test tell us more, more about right. that yeah. yes all along and I mm. as, as I said earlier I had big babies and they mm. were expecting me to be you know gestational diabetes and I, I would not have been shocked to be honest with you um, but they did all the tests the glucose tolerance tests etc etc and I was fine so I suppose during that and after it, I tried to watch my weight and all that sort of thing. But um, as they say, I suppose life happens and things sort of went a bit pear-shaped after 2013. Um, so, you know, it wasn't an issue. Glucose, every time I had to test it, it was never really an issue. It was always okay. Again, surprisingly so. Um, but then I suppose I laxed into, I wasn't exercising. I wasn't, well, I thought I was watching what I was eating, but I wasn't particularly. Um, and the weight piled on so a combination of everything and then as you said I fractured my hip um, August of la- July of last year I was out walking and b- b- they reckoned because of the chemotherapy that I had that that put a, a, a like a, a stress on my on my bones basically so after that then I went and had to have a hip operation uh, plate and screws put in 
And at that stage, I remember looking out the window at one stage back in February of whenever it was. And I, I looked out the window and I said, am I ever going to walk again? Am I ever? And I promised myself, if I get to the stage where I'm healthy and I can get out and walk, there's no excuse. Hail, rain or shine, I'm going to do it. And that's what I've done. And I know you come in now and I see, and I have to say, I keep meaning to say to you, you have a fabulous pair of legs. You really have. You've got what I call racehorse legs. Um, and you are now walking. And I know yeah. I see the yeah. energy you yeah. have when you come in. And, yeah. and, and I've seen your journey along the, the, the yeah. months as well. Um, so to hear you, you know, be able to, to walk and, and to be able to do that is absolutely fantastic. Um, and then just with regard to the, the uh, medication for the diabetes, it wasn't insulin. Is that right? No, no, I wasn't. So I was a type two diabetic, which is, again, the, the, the normal course that you would take if you are overweight. Um, most times if you're a type one, that's you're either born with it or for some reason it will come on later in life. But for type two, and that is the most affected as far as I'm aware, most people are affected with type two um, diabetes. So but the good news is, as I am testament to it, is that it you can reverse it. And that was my absolute goal was to say, listen, okay i'm going to lose weight i'm going to look better but i am not going down the route because from my nursing background you see people coming in and they're on medication and it's kind of like oh sure listen i'm on medication and sure i can have that scone or i can have that cream cake and i'm all right but i love reading and the other big thing one of the side effects of uh, diabetes uh, is your eyesight so i was just going that is not going to happen i'm not going to get into my older age or even now and not not be able to read so that was another big sort of signal for me to say listen this is ridiculous you have to do something about this i don't want to be that person that's blind and fumbling around and not being able to read and do what i want to do you know yeah, so yeah. that was a big that was a big motivation yeah, for me as so well you're, you're really good and, and, and motivation we always say the word motivation people think is willpower or you know um a desire motivation is actually emotion it's the why and as you said the reading you love read the yes. love is the word there yes um and then the other symptoms that um that can be a sign of diabetes thirst did you have any thirst at all or, i did or... Ashley. yes i did and it's not really until i look back and say that that i was i would always be drinking water but it would be those things one of those things that i'd be drinking loads of water and then i was getting up to go to the toilet during the night as well um and then just this lethargy and fatigue and that that you really that you feel and it's only now that i've lost the weight and that i'm no longer diabetic is that i realized just how much i was carrying around my husband has a dumbbell that's like it's 12 kilograms and i picked it up one day in the garden i said gosh paul that's really heavy and it was only after i looked it up and i said well that's actually the weight i've lost and i tried to carry it literally from here to the door in the kitchen and i just said i can't believe and then you feel a bit, being honest, you feel a bit stupid because you say to yourself, why did I ever let it get to this stage? But that's all. And again, on the motivation program, it's it's all about that, that, you know, no guilt and all those things that you start from start from the start. And this is your journey and this is the way you go. And there is something that you can do about it, which is I think is fantastic. And you mentioned the word guilt, which you're reading my mind. I was going to come on to because obviously we know diet um, is only one part of our, our uh -huh. program, and dieting alone, um, our clinical studies prove, don't work long term. It's uh -huh. not going to help keep the weight off. Um, we look at the mental weight report, and on your mental weight report, um, guilt and perfection, perfectionism came up as a very strong trigger. And I'm finding more and more that it's coming up a lot for clients throughout all our clinics, particularly working in in healthcare. Uh -huh. um, and I'm wondering, I don't know what you think. Do you think sometimes 
I'm wondering, is it because we are carers and we're coming from a place of love and kindness, maybe feeling we're not doing enough to help others? And of course, then not looking after ourselves. Would that be your experience as a carer? Absolutely. And I think as well as that, because, as you said, Ashing, you're in the caring profession, you are looking after everybody. Then you've family commitments, those sort of things that you, you leave yourself to last. And it's not until you actually take stock and say, right, hold on a second here. I can't actually look after anybody, including my family, until I look after myself. So from that point of view, I think, again, that's a real kind of no brainer to say, well, listen, you are really important. And if it means taking an hour a day that you're planning your meals or you're, you know, looking ahead and seeing what you're going to do or you're going for your walk or doing whatever you need to do, that that's your priority in the day. It's not cleaning pots and whatever else that that'll wait. Yeah. Absolutely. And I remember specifically and very clearly having that conversation with you when that came up, when the guilt uh-huh. came up. I remember the exact conversation. Um, and that's what we're saying. It's more than just the diet. And then on the other thing that came up, and it's a very common one, was the reward. And, you know, as we all know, doctors, nurses, all healthcare workers uh-huh. um, really do work so hard. And more and more again are telling us when they're coming into the clinics that they feel they deserve, uh-huh. as I use that word, yeah. um, some sort of a reward or a treat at the end of the shift day Um, and of course the thank you or reward from the patients they leave the box of chocolates at the workstation absolutely what do we give you guys yeah (laughs) i could tell you every single box of chocolates that you know without looking at the you know the the directory (laughs) as to what they are uh so yes absolutely but i think also as well with healthcare it's very irregular hours and like you could be going for five hours without getting a break and things like that so you know you don't get your proper lunch if you haven't prepared it and stuff like that so again it's all about you know thinking ahead and saying like hey this is what i'm going to do i know i'm going to face into a 12-hour shift i need to have my regular snacks i need to have my regular food and stuff like that so and eating proper stuff that you're not going to a vending machine and taking out something that's high in in calories and stuff like that and then saying to yourself oh i've blown it now you know this this sort of thing whereas if you plan ahead and you know just sort of take stock of what you're eating and say to yourself right is this doing me good and if it's not you know that's the answer yeah and rewards one of the things yeah. i remember again talking with you when it came up um one of the goals that we give clients is to make a list of 10 non-oral rewards because i do feel that sometimes people need to think about uh-huh. that it's such a habit to go i'll go for a nice meal or we yeah. get a takeaway on a friday yeah. um you know whereas let's look at things like fluffy towels yeah. or i love the birds singing at the moment yeah. his sun is shining that's a reward yeah. and i love most of all what you said valerie was probably one of the nicest rewards that i've heard in over 20 years and you said my reward best reward is been able to come off medication absolutely yeah amazing yeah. what does your doctor think oh she's delighted she couldn't believe it actually in fairness i think she was like she was so she, she was really happy when she rang me and she said look i can't believe it all like this is amazing like you know and keep up the good work and that sort of thing you know yeah. um but it, that for me was my big you know it was a huge motivation in the first place but to me as i said looking better feeling better all those things that they're they're great but the fact that i said i had in my head i'm not going down that route and i said right i've done that and i'm not going back i'm never going back to that again 
Yeah. Ever. And this time you'll keep it off because you're addressing the, the psychology side. Yeah. Plus, do you know what? Listening to you with regard to the diabetes and the, the side effects, the serious yes. implications. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing a documentary a long while back of, of a guy who had serious diabetes. Mm-hmm. So, as we said, not only the blindness, yeah. um, the tiredness, the thirst, but eventually leading to amputation. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, you know, and it, that's not it a, delayed. Unusual. Absolutely delayed wound healing. If you ever have to have oh, like yes. an operation or anything like that, you know, it's 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 not good from that point of view yeah. it's also kidney problems heart problems Ulcers, isn't it oh i saw well, a guy if, recently yes, with, yeah, 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 yeah yeah you know there can be complications from that point of view and yeah. you just don't want to go down that route if you can and you can help it you can it's not and i mean the, the funny thing is i suppose when i was nurse when i was nursing around the wards and what you'd hear is and a typical irish thing is like have a touch of the diabetes really right there's no such thing as a touch of the diabetes you either have diabetes or you don't and you're going to do something about it or you're not. So one route is you can sit back and say, no, I'm going to eat cream cakes and take my medication. That's not ideal, obviously. And you're not, you're not, you know, you're not getting rid of the side effects, etc. Or you're not preventing the side effects happening. Whereas if you say to yourself, right, I am diabetic and I'm going to do something about this. I have a chance. It's type, type two is reversible in most cases. So it's time to wake up and do something about it and it's within your power to do it as well oh i love the way and listeners i hope you heard that it is within your power and you know the the other thing i wanted to um touch on if you're okay valerie was you talked about the journey um and you know how you can control things and you told me the most beautiful story another side effect of of um being obese it can also be cancer so you have been through cancer uh-huh. yeah um and you told me a lovely um story of the butterfly tell us that story because it's gorgeous well in 2013 i had bowel cancer and again that absolutely took the legs from under me and everything else very you know i was only 47 or 48 at the, at the time very unexpected you know not the typical age group to get it etc um so another thing i suppose i would say to people is that there's any signs and symptoms or anything like that please go and get them checked that's the big thing um, but that aside, everything went uh, and so on. And I had to have big surgery, et cetera, et cetera. And of, of course, being a nurse, a lot of things went wrong. It, anyway, that all went ahead. And then I had to have chemotherapy for six months afterwards after 12 rounds of chemotherapy, uh, which was obviously quite arduous. But in doing that, I had to have a little um, access to my veins because my veins weren't very good. And plus it's quite toxic, et cetera. So I had a little thing called a port put into my chest or just above my sternum. So um, that, you know, that was served a purpose, etc. over the six months and I eventually had to take it out. But it's left a little scar. Now, it's only a tiny little scar. But every time I look, ha- looked in the mirror, I'd see this scar and I'd say, oh, dear. And it was just a reminder. And again, it's amazing what the image in your head is. You know, the video that you play in your head. It took me back to lying in the hospital and be very sick. So I was recently down with my niece down in um, in Wicklow and the, they're twins and one of them turns around to me and said, um, they always call me Auntie Val and they said, listen, Auntie Val, what's that on you? What's that there? And she pointed to the little little thing on my chest. And, I, and my daughter actually jumped in straight away because she could kind of see me looking and struggling to say, well, I don't want to tell her too much, you know, and frighten mm. her or whatever else. <gasps> So Neve, my daughter, said to me, oh, that's mum's. Um, that's where she had to have medicine put in when she wasn't when she wasn't well, but she's all better now. So Kitty looked at it and she said, oh, I think that looks like a lovely little butterfly. 
And I, after that, ever since then, I nearly cried at the time. And I remember just saying, I'm never going to look at that scar again in the same light. It's now looking at it saying, do you know what? It is like a little butterfly. And it's again, with the whole thing with weight loss, I suppose, is it's how you perceive it. It's how you look at it and say, well, listen, I can do this and I can feel sorry for myself or I can say, right, I'm strong and I can do this and it's up to me to do it. And I suppose that the butterfly is here with me and that's part of me. You know, it's it's part of the past, but at the same time, you you go forward and you take from there, basically. Yeah. Wow. Oh, look. <laughs> Tell you. Oh, that story just. Oh my gosh. So, do you know what you just said? It's no excuses. Yeah. yeah. It it proves yeah. mind over matter how yeah. you can turn around, and that's a huge part yeah. of what we're doing in motivation is identifying the whole CBT side of the program, yeah. identifying negative thoughts and changing yeah. them. And I often say to people, don't be put off that it's like, oh, I don't want to be going into you know psychology or yeah. therapy, whatever. No. It's we keep it really simple and yeah. even as simple as you just said but you know what you truly are an inspiration you really are and you've embraced the program really in every way you've done the handouts you did every part of it so guys you know what can i say um take valerie's words and uh, it does work and it's easy did you find it easy enough it program? is easy it's it, it does take obviously you know you have to be committed to it and you have to be i think in the right place but you put yourself in the right place and say there's never going to be a, a, a an ideal time for anything so I think it's it's time for yourself. It's time to say, right, this is me time. And this is, I want to feel better. And I want to feel, you know, feel, look good and be healthy. That's the big thing, I think. And there is a way around different things. Like my cholesterol is, is much, much lower than it was as well. Again, that was like a time bomb. That was up to 10 and it's now down to four, which is amazing. Wow. You know, wow. Um, wow. so all of those things you say to yourself, right, you know, and particularly, I suppose, having cancer, you're sort of more aware of, you know of all the things that you know could have been and you say to yourself right i'm going to live every day as my best day basically and to do that i want to be the best in myself and to do that you have to help yourself and through motivation thankfully that yeah, has happened yeah. oh well, i'll tell you it's been a pleasure to work with so um thank you so much for coming in okay so valerie i just want to um go back to medication and, and touch on the medication the fact that you're off medication now which is fantastic so what was that gradual did you suddenly wake up or what what how did that feel for you well again my gp contacted me and said listen my level because i'd had my blood levels done and she said well listen at this stage valerie we're going to try without the medication so because it's oral medication um i just came off it full stop but i'm being closely monitored uh, with blood samples so to make sure that it's not going high again and that i might have to go back onto it but certainly so far that has not happened and obviously the weight loss has helped tremendously with that um so yes for me it was just straight off it will it's trial to see how it goes and thankfully that has been fine and i i imagine i mean there may be some people that are maybe a much higher level and they come down in, the, in their in their glucose level and they may reduce their, their medication maybe they can't come off it straight away mm -hmm. um you know which would seem a sensible thing that it would be weaned and then when they get down and perhaps lose more weight that their their blood glucose levels are more controlled that they can come off it at that stage but certainly for type 2 there is the light at the end of the tunnel that those medications can be stopped it may not be straight away but there, you know it will be and closely monitored by your gp is the big message with that basically yeah 
Absolutely fantastic. So listeners out there, um, first thing I would say is if you are experiencing any symptoms and you are concerned, as Valerie said, um, thirst, we've talked about tiredness, um, do go and see your GP, do get tested. Um, and the most important message of all is that you can reverse it. One thing, Valerie, I'm only thinking now, we completely forgot to cover, um, and it came up in conversation earlier, was sleep apnea. So sleep apnea obviously is another condition um, caused by being overweight. And I know, again, I've seen documentaries on it, um, frightening, very frightening for the partners particularly. And it literally is like you stop breathing. And you've had experience in your nursing career, you were saying with this. So tell us about the, the sleep apnea. That's right. I was a clinical nurse specialist. I was actually the first clinical nurse specialist in Ireland um, in the area of respiratory sleep apnea. And basically, um, yeah, so it is what the, literally what it's called is it's cessation of breath. So generally it's male. Um, it's uh, people who are overweight um and some of the sort of the the guidelines i suppose to go by or to know whether you should go for help or to get investigated would be for a man first off is that the partner will realize that they're they're snoring and stopping it's this stopping cessation of breath it's not just normal snoring it's horrendous snoring so that's the first thing the second thing is if they get up the next day and they just daytime tiredness so there is a score, what's called an Epworth score, and it's just a, literally one of these scores that you can tick off your GP or consultant would, would do it with you to see whether you have all these things. So the knock on effect of it is that basically because you're not breathing during the night, your body is giving you this like massive impetus to start breathing again. So it's literally like, you know, going breathe again. So you're going like okay. that. So you take a sharp breath. So in doing that, you're not going down into the proper REM sleep part of your sleep. So from that, then you have the knock on effect of tiredness during the day. And as we all know, tiredness, you know, you're ratty, you're not eating properly, you're all those things. Um, so the and the biggest danger, I suppose, as well, is it's cardiovascular. So, again, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, all those things w w come with sleep apnea. Um, so that's a huge side effect of it. Basically, it's not just simple snoring. It's something that if you do have those um things where you have the cessation and the stop start type thing during the night another indicator would be if so say for again for a man a shirt size collar of 17 or over because what's happening is that the pressure from the excess weight is actually on their throat and that's actually stopping them so it's it's that's what's causing this stop start uh reflex in them so again if they lose weight you know they can stop that pressure on the on the on their throat and sometimes they can they can they can uh, they reverse the sleep apnea now sometimes it can be something that's there and that unfortunately they can't well they can they, there is con, you know um treatment for it mm -hmm. but certainly weight loss will hugely reduce um a either the treatment like because it's it's what they call CPAP which is continuous positive airway pressure and it's a simple device you wear a mask and it basically opens up the airways in the back of your throat but obviously it makes sense that if you've lost weight and there's less pressure there at the back of your throat, well, then it takes less pressure on the machine if you have to go on the machine. The, the, obviously, the best case scenario would be that you don't have to go on the machine at all if you lose enough weight. And there's a lot of people that can do that, you know, so stopping all those side effects and all those potential diseases and that, mm. it's, it, it's a huge part of oh. weight loss and it's a tremendous benefit to do that.
And I'm actually seeing more and more, um, now that we're talking about it, more and more clients putting down sleep apnea yes, as one yes, of their problems yes, when they're yes, coming in. So it is yes, very common. It is. Yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, Valerie, it's absolutely fantastic to see you looking so healthy, so young, <laughs> um, and so well. And thank you.